0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above, where we have a very interesting weekend on board for a new moon in Virgo and a new moon that promises some fireworks. It was hysterical this morning because I was thinking about what to say about the new moon right? That I knew the broadcast this morning was going to need to be about that new moon. And uh, in the background, every morning the music goes on, right? My husband loves to listen to classic rock and all kinds of different songs come on uh, as an alarm in the morning. And so I was sitting here at my desk and I was considering what to write for what the show would be about. And all of a sudden the song, uh, you dropped a bomb on me, baby. Uh, comes on and I was like, oh my God, is this life imitating art or art imitating life? It was too funny because that's kind of what I was thinking about. How do I tactfully bring up some of the more difficult aspects of the energies for this particular new moon? We haven't had a new moon like this one in a while where there's this kind of edginess to it. And the idea of having a bomb dropped on you came up. Uh, via the song. So here we go. Now I also put in there that it doesn't have to be necessarily a bad bomb. It doesn't have to mean literal bombs. Uh, it could be figurative, right? It could be something that, uh, Uh, wakes you up in some way. And luckily, this isn't necessarily shocking energy. But, you know, we never know with that outer world how the outer world is going to respond to these, you know, very tense sort of aspects that are happening and adding some fuel to the fire besides just the fact that the sun and the moon are in a square to Mars is also the fact that uh, Uranus and Saturn are uh, applying to each other for the next square in there. Relationship. Venus is opposing Saturn. And that also means that Venus is squaring Uranus. So we have quite an interesting new moon to talk about. We're going to break that down in just a little bit. Uh, good morning to everybody who's checking in with us. Good morning, Debbie Tibbetts, Tumiel and Tammy, Pam Zaruba, Julie Kiss. Hello to you, Christine. Good morning, Gap Band. That's who it is. They never say who's singing the song because it's not a radio station. It's my Amazon music. Asa, good morning to you. I also heard a song by Marvin Gaye this morning. That was awesome. Awesome, Tanya. Good morning. J-Lo, good morning. And Kajella, good morning to you. And more. Oh, gosh, I didn't scroll. Amanda J., good morning. I almost missed you. Uh, so I have to clarify something that we talked about last Friday. I think it was last Friday, maybe it was even the Friday before we were talking about relocation astrology. And I've been, you know, kind of messing around with this astrology, this idea of relocation for the last couple of weeks as I'm trying to see how, how does that really impact? Well, yesterday, it might've been the day before yesterday. uh, I realized I knew now why Tom's chart in particular wasn't working. And it was because I definitely relocated it to the right place, but I forgot about the time difference. When you cross time zones, the time of his birth at 1.40 PM in Vancouver, Canada would have made it 4.40 PM in Ottawa, where he now lives. So I went, Oh my God, no wonder there's no changes because I just was really looking. I mean, there were a few changes, but I wasn't looking at it correctly. So, uh, and on top of that, you know, none of the planets should change degrees, right? And I, that, that was getting me, you know, there was this sort of disconnect, but, you know, trying to do it all myself instead of looking at the sources out there and, you know, what they would tell me about relocating a chart. uh, I thought I knew it all. Such a Gemini problem. And apparently I didn't. And uh changing the time corrected the chart. So Tom and I were talking, and we thought we did um we did somebody's chart that day. And I just don't remember whose it was. He doesn't either. He thought it was uh, a couple of people he mentioned, but I'm like, no, they don't, they didn't move to someone who lived. Or was born in North Carolina or that East Coast area and had moved to, say, Northern California. So if you were that person, we might have relocated your chart incorrectly because I would have had to subtract three hours for you. <clears throat> Having moved from the East Coast to the West Coast, you'd be opposite from Tom. So then that caused me to find an actual place in the my favorite um program is free online. It is called AstroDienst or astro.com. And they actually have a relocation chart function. Yay. Uh, however, I noticed it didn't always work correctly when I was relocating a chart. So I have to, you know, use my astrologer's knowledge too, to make sure it's, you know, mathematically correct. So I just wanted to make that, was it yours? No, Debbie, because you don't live in you don't, you didn't, did you change time zones? I guess you might've because Lim Haven is probably central standard time or central time. And you were born in the Eastern time zone. So yours would change by an hour. So probably not dramatic, but Tom's was dramatic and it moved his, um, rising from Virgo to Libra and moved his Venus into the seventh house, which really accounts for the loving relationship he now finds himself in and the struggles to allow for that kind of loving feeling and uh, loving experience in his life. So interesting, interesting. It was a woman born in Eastern, then moved to Northern California. So I just don't know who that was, but if it was you, Then let us know because it would be nice to relocate your chart properly with the right time zones. And then we would have it all clicked. So, the idea behind relocation isn't to erase your natal chart because that's always there, right? You were born there, that was imprinted upon you at your birth. But as we all do, sometimes we move around the country, sometimes we move around the world, and it does have an effect on. modifying that natal chart in some way. So for instance, my, my gut was that I had a Leo rising, not a Cancer rising, but that was really just a reflection of who I was living, where I was living. And because I've lived here since 1989, a good part of my astrological experience has been with my rising now being in Leo rather than Cancer. So it made perfect sense to me In that respect, what didn't make sense was when I was looking at, say, like Tom's chart and going, Well, shouldn't there be bigger differences because of the um, amount of space that he moved or the time zone movement? So you have to have both, right? You have to know if you're going to relocate a chart that you want the same time that you were born, but in the time zone that you've moved to. So you're not changing where the planets were by degree or sign but you are changing the house relationship, the where of it all. Where is that action taking place? Where are the moon's uh, energies going to be playing out? And where in where's the rising sign? Because the angles are what's going to change. And literally, it's the angles that often a planet passing p- over the angles or coming into some kind of um, astrological relationship to the angles often drives the events in our lives. So it's important, right? It's really, really, really important to have all those pieces put together. So I just wanted to correct that for everybody. Um, so Christine says, we put in our actual birth info, but change birth location for this astral location chart. All right. So I'm going to take some moments here and I'm going to show you what to do. So I'm going to share my screen as soon as I get to this uh, let's see, Christine, I think I have yours. Since you asked the question, I'm going to pull your chart up and we'll play with it. And that way everybody can get an idea of what we're doing. Buckingham, right? Isn't that your last name? There you are. Okay. Now let me go back here and share my screen. And I think there, you know, this is a worthy lesson for everybody who uses that program. And even if you don't, Um, There's something here for you to learn in terms of, you know, coming up with new charts. So here we go. Sharing my screen and it's a window. No, it's a tab. There we go. All right. So hopefully you guys are seeing, oh, now it has an outline in red where it is. I'm sharing the screen. So Christine Buckingham, we already have your natal information input into this chart. So I have already um, got that information, so I'm not changing anything in your birth information whatsoever. However, I am going to scroll down here to where the reference place is, and that is where I'm going to modify the data. So I'm going to put here in this place where it is you live now, and I happen to be doing a reading for someone who's relocated to La Washington today. So I'd already set that. Uh, but let's see, Christine, where were you actually born? Let's take a look at the, the details here and see if that works. Because I want to say, yeah, you were born in New Jersey. So let's continue. So where do you live now? I think you still live. We're going to pretend you're moving to Washington. Okay, so we can see this difference. So... So the natal chart wheel is lined up now with your birth information and we're using LaConnor, Washington, the West Coast of the USA. And what I'm gonna do is go up here to where it says the chart wheel and I'm gonna scroll all the way down to the bottom and you're gonna see here, it says relocation chart needs reference place. So we're gonna put that reference place in. We're not, I'm not gonna change it and modify it for now, but we're gonna leave it where I've done it. Let me take a look at some of the other things. I want to take out some of this stuff so the chart doesn't look all crazy. And I'm going to make it 75%, show the chart. Now, someone tell me if you're seeing these, if you're tracking these changes with me. Let me go back to StreamYard. Are you guys seeing the chart? Andy, girl, good morning. Um, was it Nico? Ooh, maybe it was good morning Gayla. Okay. So I can see that you're seeing my chart. Uh, let's go back here and I'm making it as big as I can. <sighs> let's zoom it up a little bit. Okay. So what we see here now is a relocated chart. So she was born in Irvington, New Jersey at 9:24 AM That was East Coast time, but let's say she's now relocated to La Washington, which means that the same apples to apples would make it 624 a.m. on the West Coast, right? So living here on the West Coast, she is now going to have this chart influencing her. Now, I don't know your regular chart there, Missy, but uh, let's just say it changes the ascendant. It might even change the sign to which your ascendant is in. It could have moved... Uh, the sun and Mercury into the first house, perhaps having been recently in the second house or vice versa, 12th house back into the first or up into the first house. So we get a new chart based on the relocated place that you now live. So uh, hopefully nobody got confused by all of that, but it is uh, something that's fairly simple to do in astro.com. And if you need help with that, you can always, you know, laugh or laugh. Yeah, you can always laugh. Just laugh about it. You can always <laughs> send me a, a text message, email message, messenger message, and I will help you get it. Uh, so Nico, relocated from San Diego to Tucson, and you did a little on my chart a couple of weeks ago. Now, of course, Nico, for you, that's going to be tricky because part of the year, Arizona is on the same time as the West Coast and part of the year isn't. So you may have, you may have a chart depending on what, when you moved, we'd have to know the date when you moved and so forth, I think in order to, to really get into what your specific um, situation would be. So, and even um, I th- there are probably other states and I can't think of them right now that don't change time. So, it is the sameish latitude Tom but we're de- depending on when he was born he could have been uh, an hour ahead of us uh, moving to Tucson or could have been uh, in our same time zone so it is really that tricky that's a tricky one so we'd have to know when you actually moved anyway it wasn't my intention to spend a lot of time on this today because there's so many other things to talk about but um it is hopefully something that can help you guys. And Kajela, did you guys end up seeing more of the chart? Um, because I wasn't scrolled up at first and then I scrolled up. So hopefully that was helpful. So make sure that if you are relocating somebody's chart or your own, that you're not only changing the city, but you're also changing manually the time zone or using the relocation chart function in Astro. Com. Okay. Then I actually also found a site yesterday. Now I don't like this site as much because to me it's very busy, lots of stuff going on. But if you go to com, you can actually do a relocation chart much like I just did, but there's also um, an option to show the relocation chart as an outer ring to the birth chart, so you can see how they um, compare. But again, it's pretty noisy looking, and to me, it was like blow, blow my mind looking at it. I thought I had a copy of one sitting here because I was working on Tom's yesterday with it. Uh, and sorry, Tom, I didn't get it finished. Uh, I had to do some errands and do i have it i don't have it sitting here i could have sworn i printed it here's here it is or this one's probably mine this is mine but you can see what it would look like as a bi-wheel and the outer rim of the wheel is this part right here uh is the relocated part right so this is where the planets relocate versus this is where they are when I was born. So you get a, you can see like how the ascendant shifts, right? The ascendant shifting right here from cancer to Leo. And that moves a lot of my Leo planets into the first house from the second, because this is still whole sign. I'm still using that whole sign system or whole house, excuse me, system. And, um, so you've, You can see it's just busy, right? So if you're a newbie with astrology and you use AstroSeek, just know that it might have a lot of information on it that you're not familiar with, or it could be very noisy. Now, funny thing, looking at this today, it looks a whole lot easier to me than it did yesterday when I first looked at it. So maybe it's just something you get used to over time, but um, then you can compare. So that's kind of advanced astrology. So for those of you who might be listening or who are watching this morning that are newbies, don't panic. Don't, don't worry that you're, you're missing something. This is just something that people who've been with me for a longer period of time, um, we've been sort of working with this. Um, ask questions if you have questions. That is not a problem. Uh, I see three wheels. You do. You the, the middle wheel is literally just the um, signs, right? The signs. So this part right here. The signs, and then out here, this is where the planets are from um, relocation, and oops, this way inside is the planets and where they are from the relo from where I was born. So, not a whole lot of change, but enough change that somehow, you know, subconsciously or unconsciously, I recognized that in myself. So likely you guys do too, if you've relocated and you feel different or you're engaging with the world in a different way, or you're having different kinds of problems than you had where you lived before, all these things could be tells, right? That you are, uh, that there's something changed in your chart that maybe you hadn't factored in because you moved right across and likely across time zones, as well as perhaps, you know, up and down through uh, the country or around the world. So it's interesting to look at. Right. And no, you're not high. Um, so, all right, anyway, let's go on, shall we? So I want to, so today we need to talk about the new moon. I also quickly just want to run down what the moon in Virgo is all about right now. The moon is still in Leo. The biggest news of the whole of today is that the moon is in vo- void all day. So from 5 25 PM last night, my time. So 8 25 PM on the East coast. Um, you we've been in the void, of course. So today, um, two things, void, of course, moon, not a good time to push forward with something. And as well, balsamic being in the dark of the of the new moon, right? We're finally we're in a final phase of the of the um, moon, the new moon in Leo from last month. So two things that tell us today is not going to go anywhere fast, right? Today is a day to hold space do you know some maybe thinking or considering or uh wondering imagining um but not you know completing something perhaps you know getting some work off the desk so that you can start the new moon tomorrow with a fresh slate but today don't expect that you're going to be able to get things started or up and off the ground and you know meetings today might have no productivity attached to them because the moon is in the void all the way until um, 5.25 p.m. Pacific time tonight. So that's when the moon will move into Virgo and she'll make her first next um, connection. So let me go back. The void, of course, began at 11.55 p.m. last night, my time. So what's that going to be? 1.12, 1, 255 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast. So um, no matter where how you slice it the whole of the work day today the moon is wandering right so and if you're trying to get things done today just know it could be frustrating uh and don't worry about that too too much all right just do some other things uh some some things that you can get done right don't try to start new things though now Because we have a new moon in Virgo, I want to really break down the Virgo energy with the moon. And of course, the sun is also a part of this. So let's look at the Virgo light. What is the light in Virgo that we can really work with, right? The good stuff. And that is that Virgo is a very caring and attentive sign right the peep this is a sign of service to our fellow human beings in some way sharing our gifts and our talents with the people in our world that might be with family that might be with your um your co-workers it could be you know with your clients what have you right sharing of yourself and being attentive to the details there is a little bit of a perfectionistic streak that comes along with Virgo moon and I'm going to use it as the light because the ability to see detail and to perfect something isn't by itself negative. It's a positive aspect. But of course, like all positive aspects, we can go to the nth degree. And when we do that, then it can tap into some of the more negative, uh, obsessive compulsive behaviors that can come along with Virgo. But the perfectionist Tendency is about the details being able to see things that other people miss, right? So if you've got a project that you're working on, it's going to be the people with Virgo prominent that are going to see, oh yeah, you missed something here. Or what did you think about this? So there is that ability to see those details and to use the mind in a way that picks out those details. This is also a humble sign. This isn't a sign that's, you know, we had loud and proud Leo, and then we shift to the more uh, humble uh, serving attitude of Virgo. Remember, we always talk about how one sign to the other, they're very different qualities. And so planets that you have in neighboring signs sometimes don't get one another. And that's because the nature of the sign is completely different, right? It's almost like they go from one side to the other as they move along through the zodiac. This is a practical, organized, Sign, right? They love to be able to get their hands in there and make things, you know, perfecting things um, in a practical but yet organized way, maybe through categorizing or reassembling or uh, just reorganizing. Time to clean out the closets, time to clean out. I cleaned out the refrigerator the other day, not because I wanted to go shopping, but it was trash day and I thought there are probably some things in here that I could let go of. So it's that kind of thing. What can we let go of? What can we make room for? Uh, By, you know, cleaning out letting go of things. And then also, how could we reorganize, right? If you have an empty refrigerator, it's a great time to clean it to reorganize where you put everything to look at the labels of things that you might have in there that um, are expired, right? So That is a possibility that is a productive use of Virgo energy. And by the way, Virgo is one of the more productive signs, hardworking. It's an earth sign, right? So we have that practical supportiveness that earth brings us, right? The down to earthness. And of course, being supportive of the people in your life, um, supporting your own self, right? These are all the positive, positive aspects of Virgo energy, Now, when we get to the Virgo shadows, because we have to do it, we have to look at both because we live in a world of duality. So sometimes we're expressing either end of the spectrum and of certainly the people around us are as well. So the Virgo shadows, of course, the OCD, obsessive compulsive disorders, the behaviors, not necessarily the disorder. There has to be more than just something in Virgo to have that OCD as a disorder, but behaviors, right? Um, That things that we do over and over again, or things that we feel compelled to do that we don't even think about. Why am I doing that? Right? That comes into the shadow of Virgo being disorganized or sloppy, right? Throwing things around, not putting things back where they belong, not being organized. Then overthinking. Now the overthinking here isn't necessarily the bad thing, but it can lead to anxiety. And it can, it's, I call it anxiety thinking. Like I'm, thinking ahead to all the things that could go wrong instead of being here in the moment and maybe analyzing what can I do in the moment that is supportive to the project or to the relationship or to the work I'm doing. But instead I might find myself analyzing too far out and that can create anxiety, right? I'm fearful of the future or I'm fearful that something's going to go wrong. And so that is that anxiety thinking, and that can actually lead into another shadow in the Virgo moon that is nervousness, right? That anxiety that now triggers the nervous system. And believe me when I say there's plenty in this new moon tomorrow that can create that anxiety and nervousness all on its own, right? We don't need to feed it uh, by our overthinking um, or rationalizing, right? Uh rational, being rational, isn't the problem, right? I think there's, there's value in being rational, but there's no value in rationalizing why you should be fearful of the future or why, um, you need to be, you know, doing all of these different things that don't support you in the moment or why it is rationalizing, um, compromising your values or compromising your status there's just no need for that. But sometimes, right, this, this rationalizing energy here um, can cause us to not stand up and be who we really want to be, or, you know, really live true to ourselves. This can be a patronizing shadow, right, where we're patronizing others. It can be a judging where perfectionism and constructive analyzing or perfecting can get us into judging, right? Or feeling judged or judging ourselves, judging others. So we want to watch out for that shadow energy. Now there's something else pretty big that happens across the Virgo Pisces axis. That is also very interesting for us to think about right now. And that is, this is the axis of the savior martyr victim energy. So we have Virgo on one end. So the sun moon conjunction in Virgo But it will still pull energy in from Pisces, the exact opposite sign. So as we have that axis going on, we want to check in to places where we've been trying to be the savior. Are you trying to be somebody else's savior? Um, Or are you looking for someone to save you? Right? Because you are your own sovereign being. You need no one else to save you. And your best friend that you're trying to help or your family members that you're trying to help. They don't need you either to be their savior because that is the negative, that is a negative aspect here because they're not victims, nor are you a victim, right? That takes us into that victim energy. And nobody's a victim because it's all about the choices we're making. Nothing is happening to you. You chose, right? You chose by conscious choice, or lots of times we choose unconsciously the experiences that we're going to have here. This isn't about blaming yourself either. This isn't about the blame shame game. It is about the choices we make and things do happen to us, right? We get sick. We get in accidents. We lose jobs. We get in and out of relationships. We have financial challenges. We have health scares, Those things are out there and they're true and they happen, but your choice is always going to be, how do I want to show up in the face of this, right? How do I want to show up? That's your choice. So keeping that in mind, right? You don't have to succumb to victim thinking, nor do you see somebody else who's succumbing to victim thinking, and now you need to save them. Not true. Not true. Right now. There is something else interesting in, um, In this energy that I think is worth bringing up and reminding you all on Monday, we talked in depth about the gate 59 and the gate 55. So 59 is where the sun is. That's where the moon will also be during the new moon tomorrow, right? We don't change this energy until the 28th. Actually, I think the 28th is the last day. So we don't change it until the 29th. So all through the weekend and the new moon, we have this energy of the gate 59 where the sun and moon will be sitting. And it's called the gate of sustainability. So if you recall, we talked about how this is the gate that is responsive, right? It is on the sacral center. That is that red square or the white square second up from the bottom in your human design chart. That is a center of doing and being. So when we have um, a, a gate activated on the sacral, it really brings up this idea of, of response. How are we going to respond to what is showing up in our world, right? What shows up in your world and how do I respond to it? And it's about creating connections, right? I'm going to, in response, So the potential is that I can create new friends, I can create new business contacts, I can create, you know, new, I can can create new relationships with websites, right? AstroSeek. So creating connection, also creating resources in response. So it doesn't mean that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to look, 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 look for all the things that I could be doing to make money or to do something differently. But I am going to respond to what shows up in my outer world. That's mostly because I'm a generator. So manifesting generators and generators will do that, but also any of the other types. So you manifestors and reflectors and projectors, you're also in some way going to have to learn about response with the sun and moon now sitting on the sacral. Now, typically Uh, you have a different authority and you have, I mean, a different um, strategy, right? Projectors, you're waiting for invitations, manifestors, you're creative beings. So you're just doing what it is that your authority is bringing for you to do as a creator, um, informing people who will be impacted by your decisions. Reflectors, typically you're waiting a full 28 and a half, 29 days cycle of the moon. And these are to make big decisions, right? but the world is going to bring us lots of things that we can respond to right so responding to opportunities to create resources response a uh, responsive to uh, sexual opportunities responsive to creating connections with people relationships and so forth learning to make choices then that are in alignment with sustainability right that's the key here sustainability and abundance, right? So this is masculine energy that is protective, defensive, but also finds ways to support the tribe or the group or the family, right? Resources by collaborating and sharing. And in the shadow of this energy, even at the new moon is this fighting and struggling for resources, for survival, for our very survival, or letting fear or lack um, drive our decision-making. So that it would be the shadow energy. Instead, we want to make decisions um, or choices that come from abundance, right? That come from a place of sustainability. Trusting in enoughness. Big, huge theme here. Trusting in our ability to create sustainably right? We don't have to go with the highs or the lows. We can, you know, do things in a way that's sustainable. And of course, there's also the need, the desire, I think, even to create peace here and peace from the connections that we have or the connections we make and making those connections sustainable and also tapping into sufficiency, enoughness right so i wanted to make sure that we reviewed that now the earth again on the opposite side or on the uh uh the earth would be in opposition to the sun and the moon and that puts her in the gate 55 which remember is a gate about abundance abundance lives on the solar plexus it doesn't live on the sacral the sacral as the center for doing does not drive abundance we respond to opportunities for abundance but abundance itself, the nature of abundance lives on the solar plexus. There's a mysticalness here. There's spirituality here. There's the need for faith and trust in the higher powers in, in the universe, right? Or in your own higher power or in your own higher self. And restoring the flow of abundance for yourself, which allows this, this flow of abundance to be restored for others. So we're learning to trust source as a support. And we are aligning emotionally to our creative power, right? You are you are not um, you are not a victim. You are a co-creator. So you are co-creating this reality that you are in, certainly with other people but also with um, your own choices that you are making. So in the shadow, of course, this gate can bring up that fear, that lack feeling, scarcity feeling, the need to hoard or to uh, take more than our fair share because we need to put something away for a rainy day. Um, In the highest and best, remember this is freedom in the gene keys. This gate resonates both at the gift level and the cynic level as freedom, right? freedom, freedom to be your fully abundant self when you're making choices that are in alignment with your truth. It's all about your choices. It comes down to that. All right. Any questions about that? Uh, Debbie said she cleaned out her fridge too. I love it. That's a thing. It's a thing, right? Alisa, good morning. And, uh, hello, Brenda. Great to see you out there as well this morning. So any questions about that, you can put those in the, t- uh, post comment section and, uh, we can take a look at that again. Now I want to talk about this new moon because it's a pretty powerful new moon and it is, um, happening at, let's see, let's go through the time zones. Virgo new moon occurs at 1 AM on the Pacific coast. 4.17 a.m. on the East Coast tomorrow. So the 27th of August. I cannot believe we're at the end of the month already. And if you are in uh, Europe, that puts it at about 9.17 a.m. your time. And 6.17 p.m. if you are in Australia or at least the west coast, uh, east coast of Australia in Sydney, 6.17 p.m. Now, if you are in Hawaii or Alaska, your time zones, depending on, I can't remember how many time zones there are in Alaska, but yours, your new moon may actually happen tonight, right? Late tonight uh, at probably about 10.17 p.m. Hawaiian time. And, uh, Alaska time, maybe 1117, not sure about that, but those are the only time zones that will be outside of the day, um, Saturday. So Saturday for most of us, but if you're listening to me from Hawaii or Alaska, you're actually this evening, late this evening. So, all right, um. Now, there's a couple of things I want to point out about this new moon. I was thinking about this yesterday going, why do some people, I keep hearing from people that they are trying to get things do, go, doing, like they're trying to go or they're trying to do, um, but they're sort of racked with fear or they're racked with nervousness or that anxiety. And I know that's a Virgo trait, but I'm also thinking, what else is it out there that is creating this? And I realized that we have six planets in retrograde right now, and two more coming up very soon before any of the others start to change back to direct motion. So at some point, we're going to have what, six, seven, eight possible planets in retrograde. And remember, retrograde planets move the energy from the outer world expression into the inner. So now we're having to make changes on the inner planes in order to be To take advantage of the outer world energy. So we're shifting, you see things shift in the outer world, and it could be a shift like an economic downturn. And now a planet turns retrograde, and now we're having to shift on the inner planes, which can create sometimes a fear field, right? As we react instead of respond to those changing circumstances in the outer world. So right now we have Chiron, Jupiter, Neptune, Saturn. Pluto and Uranus, all in retrograde and Mercury, September 9th. And uh, I think something will, Mercury will come back and be in forward motion before Mars goes retrograde. But that's a lot of inner planes work that we are doing. And of course, that's also going to impact this new moon. Now, this new moon, I mean, look at the, if you look at the chart I drew up, I didn't have time to scan it and focus it up for you all. So uh, here you can see I outlined, look at the, it's like a a mess. There's this mess going on with the new moon. So let's break it down a bit. So first of all, what is a new moon? A new moon is when the sun and and the moon come together in a conjunction at the very same degree of the sign. And they are conjunct at four degrees, four minutes of Virgo. So the sun just moved into Virgo this past week, or this past Monday, I think it was. And so now we have this Virgo energy that are uh, is affording us a new beginning of some type. And then we also have the idea that new moon is the time to start something new, but to also create intentions. And I got to tell you, I've been doing a lot of work with intentions. And I think I've had it wrong. Most of my Uh, spiritual career as to what that is all about. And uh, I mean, I had parts of it, you know, things like remember movies back like in 2005, I think it was when, um, uh, oh God, what was the name of that movie that came out that taught us all about um, intention setting. Oh my God, I can't believe my brain just went dead like that. But anyway, you know, so we started to hear about how we must think about and move toward those things that we want in order to, to get them. And they totally left out the whole uh, part about the emotional alignment, right? And then the part about taking action, right? So aligning and so forth, the secret. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Corinda, Uh, the secret. And the secret was only part of the story, right? They left out part of the freaking story. I mean, so we all believe that if we were thinking about what we wanted and we moved, then we would get what we wanted, but that didn't take into effect the emotional alignment, the heart's desires, all of this. So we've been, I've been learning a lot about that idea and The secret sort of led us to believe that we all manifest in the same way, but we don't. Amazingly enough, we don't. There are these seven different things that we can look at for you as an individual that change how you manifest versus how I manifest and how the other seven some billion people are manifesting on the planet. So that's been an eye opener for me over these last couple of days as I've been really diving deep into, well, what does all of that mean? So when we get to a new moon and we have this opportunity to set an intention, that intention has to be something. First of all, we can't intend 500 million things all at one time. That isn't going to work. It isn't going to work because you can't focus on all of them. So choose something of most importance for yourself. Ask yourself the question, what circumstances would I like to see in my life six months from now? What would I like to create in my life in the next six months? And focus on that and make it, you can't say I want happiness. Happiness is not a thing. Happiness is a feeling. And you can choose to feel happy at any moment. So that's not a manifesting thing. Right. But maybe you want to manifest a new job. Right. So now that's something that we can sink our teeth into. Right. That's something that we can actually create from. And then you focus on that. But you also, uh, amazingly enough, have to take steps. You can't just sit back and go, okay, I intend uh, new forms of financial abundance to come into my life, but go on doing the same damn thing every day, day in and day out. Because you're not gonna get new results, you're gonna get the same results. You do the same things, you get the same results. Remember psychosis, doing the same thing, but expecting new results or insanity. So we actually have to set the intention. We have to not only then align ourselves with that intention, we have to take new steps. We have to take new action or we get the same results that we've always gotten. So new steps are required. So what is it that you want to create? What is your intention? And then aligning yourself, you know, your thoughts now have to be aligned with that. There's no there's no doubt about that. You have to have your thinking caps focused at what it is that you're intending. But you also have to take the new steps. So if you've if you've got it in your head that you want a new job, You can't just sit here and not look around to see what new jobs there are. You're not going to get a new job. I guarantee you the result will be you don't get a new job because you're not doing anything differently. You have to do something differently, right? You're creating your own business, let's say, right? You have your own beautiful business on. you got your basics all set. Now I need clients, right? I need clients. That's my intention to get uh, 20 new clients in six months. Okay, great. Now, what are you willing to do to get those new clients, right? Do you think they're just gonna somehow find your website? Well, that's a possibility. There is always that possibility, but what are you willing to do now to take the step? We're talking Virgo, new moon in Virgo takes action, takes action toward their goals, right? Moves in practical, measurable ways toward the new goals, okay? and magical thinking. Yes, Christine, the, you know, I I love magical thinking. I love it. Right? But magical thinking without any action just stays magical thinking. Right? That's that whole um channel 4130 in our human design where the 41 is about imagination and fantasy and it begins the whole new human design year and it's connected over to the 30, which is the gate of passion. What are we passionate about? and um, the desire energy, the wanting energy. But if we don't take that imagination, that creative energy and bring it into the physical world, we don't get what we want. We don't get anything except the same thing over and over again, ad nauseum. So if you want to set a powerful intention with the new moon, then you have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and do something about it. And the doing isn't just about jumping out, right? Because that's not it either. It is what watching, because this is a gate that in our human design about response, responding to what opportunities sort of seem to be showing up in your outer world. It could be something like, um, you, you get an email that says, are you looking for new clients? Hmm. Okay. That's in my outer world now. And that's a match to my intention to find 20 new clients. I probably should read this and see what's in it. And, and maybe that opens a gateway to the next, how do I attract new clients? So what I'm saying is you can't passively set an intention and expect it to happen and keep doing the same things you've always done, because you're going to get the same results you've always gotten right? We know that we've heard this before. This isn't like brand new aha thinking, but it's really coming home that in this new moon, especially that we have to take action, that we have to do something. Okay. We have to do something. Now let's talk about something else that happens the moment you set an intention and that you decide this is what I want. And this is what I'm going to do. Things start crashing around you. Right. It's almost, I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago this process of selection and deselection. So, whatever is not in alignment to the intention is going to end up being deselected and be changed or taken away or reimagined in some way. And the process of selection begins, right? I'm moving more towards creating 20 new clients in the six, next six months. That's my intention. And now I'm going to see that some of the other stuff that I've been doing, I don't have, I, I don't have time for, or I can't do, or they, these old things that I need to deselect become distractions that are holding me in this old pattern. And instead of doing what I need to do to get 20 new clients, I'm doing this old stuff and then we're mad when it comes down to it because we don't get 20 new clients. So the process in your life, the things begin to deselect that are not in resonance with where you want to go, while the new takes some time to select. So there's this wobbly period between the setting of the intention and the getting of your intention that can be very disconcerting as life starts to change, as maybe people around you begin to change or respond to you differently or that you know clients that you've always loved and and handheld start to move away but you start to see the glimmerings of new clients that are more in alignment with the new self that you've intended start to come along but what happens is at the first signs of problems or anxiety or worry or something we give up we give up on our intention and then we say, oh, it doesn't work for me, right? I'm not a good manifester. I don't manifest things. I always I, I, always have trouble manifesting what I want. No, you don't. You manifested exactly what you were focused on, giving up on yourself, right? Or sticking in your old patterns. <laughs> it's really kind of funny how that works out, right? We get exactly what it is that we're focused on. We get exactly what it is that we think we can deserve or that we can get, Um and sometimes we do not want to give up the things or make the deselection complete. So we end up in the waffle zone, right? We're very Libra like in that case. We are sort of waffling, wondering why it is that we're only getting these half measures of, of uh, things happening for us or changes occurring. So we have to be very careful of that when we set these intentions. Now, Now we're gonna look at this new moon in this light, right? So if you guys have questions about uh, what are those seven things, they're called comparatives, Kajela. And um, for example, some people are, would they manifest by surrounding themselves by people that are like what they want. Other people are certain, they need to be around people that give them contrast. So we have a similarity contrast or we have similarity and contrast as one way in which we manifest, right? So if you're someone who's heavily similar, right, you you have a similarity um, way of manifesting, you want to surround yourself by the people that are similar to what it is you want. So for example, if you, you know, are trying to create a million dollar business, then you probably need to hang out around the places where million dollar people hang around and yeah maybe your finances don't support that right now but you know you could certainly go into a five star hotel where you know the the hobnobbers are and sit at the bar and have a drink i mean a drink is what it going to cost you 20 bucks maybe 40 bucks and so similarity people want to be around similar people contrasting people on the other hand see themselves see what they want vers- versus what others have Right. They compare themselves, they contrast themselves. So that's one. Um, and there are many others. There's some people that like to process um information and there are others that just take action. So we go we can go through all of those, but that's that's you know, kind of out of what I want to talk about today, but Trust me when I say, when I start doing manifesting blueprints for you all, you're going to hear more and more and more about these comparatives, how it is that you're designed to manifest versus how it is that another person uh, is designed to manifest. And it's really, to me, it's so fascinating. And here's something else that I think is fascinating about it is that, oh my gosh, so I'm 61. This was 10 years ago. I was having a conversation with Karen Curry Parker, who was not even Karen Curry Parker, then she was Karen Curry and she was telling me what it is uh based on my human design chart that I was here to speak about to people and she told me then that I was meant to talk to people about abundance and manifesting and what have you and I went well that doesn't feel right I'm talking to them about their human designs or their astrology <laughs> and so I've sat and wondered about that for 11 years and uh here I am now going oh I get it I get it now so Don't give up, you know, you don't have to worry about how old you are when you start to get it, (laughs) because when you get it is the perfect time for you to get it. Uh, Anyway, so we'll be talking more and more about that. Now, when we are talking about this new moon, this new moon is in uh, a square to uh, Mars and Mars will be at four degrees, one minute of Gemini while the sun and moon are at four degrees, four minutes of Virgo. So like point something degrees away from one another. So it's pretty darn exact, right? Not only that, Mars is applying, pushing forward toward this new moon so that he hasn't even really done the work yet, right? It's just starting to happen. And Mars is a catalyst energy. So the fact that we have a square, which is kind of a harsh aspect between the moon and the sun and Mars um, can bring us these impulsiveness feelings, right? The the irritation, like I can't get what I want and I need to do something, right? Anything. So impatience, right? And impulsiveness is a part of this experience with this new moon that we want to avoid, right? We don't want to be impulsive. We don't want to be impatient or irritated because things aren't changing and just blow up everything, right? The bombs, right? You dropped a bomb on me, (laughs) baby. Uh, The bombs, right? We don't want bomb dropping. Or if we do have a bomb dropping, it's that aha moment where you go, now I see how all of this makes sense. Now I see where I've been going wrong in my manifesting process, or now I see what direction I really need to go in. Those kind of bombs are cool right they give us insight into what the next things are for us to do but not the kind of bomb that it's i'm a ticking time bomb because i'm frustrated i'm angry and i'm upset and one little thing goes wrong and boom i blow up my life or boom i blow up my business or boom i blow up my chances at getting that new job whatever it is right anger explosions we we are prone to that from frustration and impatience at this moment during this moon, which of course then can also lead us to accidents. Mars rules metal and Mars rules then things like accidents with cars. Um, Mars rules the anger behind the wheel that drives us to get into accidents with cars. Um, Knives uh, are metal, guns are metal. So cutting ourselves, shootings, getting shot, handling anything metal should be done with very great care during this new moon, because there's a very aggression oriented energy associated with this. Now on the upside, there's a breath of freshness coming in with this new moon, right? Something new, something awesome, perhaps something that you know, makes you go, whoa, this is exciting. There's an empowered new beginning. If we're using Mars energy appropriately, it empowers us to take steps in a very planned, organized or step-by-step way, Virgo words there, right? We can embody real creative energy. Mars is a creative um, aspect and a square is also creative. But what is it that we're creating? there's also strength and courage here. Mars brings that to this new moon as well as some of the more, you know, um, difficult aspects. So we, we want to be aware of what, how we're using that Martian energy, that Martian flame, you know, that is, you know, a spark that's aligning within us, right? We don't want to do it in a way that's, you know, destroying things, Uh, But we do want to do it in a way that is planned, that is deliberate, that is courageous, right? It takes courage to step outside of your comfort zone. I know. I know it does. But the benefits of stepping outside of your comfort zones, hands down, outweigh the fear of jumping outside of your comfort zone. Now, there are a couple of other aspects during this uh, new moon that we have to talk about. There is an opposition from Venus to Saturn, and then that brings a sort of sadness or lethargy or maybe a feeling of melancholy to the new moon uh, wistfulness wishful thinking, even to it low energy, you may feel more tired or or less wanting to go and do anything. Right. So we talk about Mars energy that wants us to do something, but Venus opposing Saturn can sometimes create that more seriousness to ourselves, but also can create delays or setbacks in the things that we want to do. So don't be surprised if that is a part of it, go with the flow, be in the flow. And then of course, there's the Uranus Saturn square that also puts Venus in a square to Uranus. We've dealt with this energy. This is that crush of the old and the new, right? The old and the new. There are There's a feeling with this new moon that there are changes that are needed, but that we don't necessarily want, that we're resisting in some way, right? So this is a very jacked up, if you will, moon i think it's holds a huge well of potential for us as well so what is it that you want to create for yourself in the next six months what circumstances would you like to change in your life in the next six months big question to ask yourself now i want to draw us a couple of cards for the moon uh for the new moon i'm gonna do i'm gonna go back to my favorite favorites oh that's upside down the Spirit Animal deck by Colette Baron-Reed and the Wisdom of the Oracle deck by her as well. So let's take a look. We haven't done cards. It seems like I've had so much to talk about. So let's do this. Uh, So this is a card to give us wisdom for this new moon period of time. Orphaned. Number five, orphaned so that'll be interesting to see what that's all about and (laughs) orphaned yes no maybe we've orphaned ourselves where we've i don't know i'm not even going to guess until i read the card and then our animal is brown bear spirit take time out brown bear spirit was upside down like this so there's a protection message there he is card number nine so it sounds like we have a balancing act going on here so let's look at orphaned all right and he that card was right side up so let's see here orphaned the essential meaning is a sense of loss an identity crisis recognizing that you don't fit in the need to belong and uncertainty about your place we were all meant to have connections with other people within our families society and the larger culture No man is an island, and it's important to recognize that when being a part of rather than separate from is essential to your well-being, the issue at hand is the need to find where you fit. Be true to your core truths and values. Perhaps you no longer identify with a group or community the way you did before and need to find a new situation. Deselecting, right? Deselecting. You might be feeling a deep sense of loss or confusion address the need for belonging and know that you will find your place with others of like mind and spirit. It's okay to let go of pressure to fit in. Not everyone will understand you. It is time to move on. I'm also going to read the prosperity message for this card. This card reminds you that you can't be all things to all people. You are not going to be popular with everyone and that has to be okay with you. Be clear about your mission, your brand, your work, your persona, and your contribution to the world, as these must be based on what you authentically have to offer, not something you think will sell or you perceive they may want. You will attract abundance by being completely yourself. Stay in your own lane. That's where you will shine and where you will experience prosperity. All right. That was orphaned the orphaned card now let's look at brown bear such a pretty picture look at this look at the color right that turquoise that bear with a brown ah, but again upside down card number nine and dear okay and let's see here so he says take time out And in the protection message, it says, when you become so frazzled that you can't decide how to move forward, brown spirit, brown bear spirit arrives to remind you to let go of your impatience in getting to the answers and solving the problems that face you. Now is the time for rest and meditation. Take a break, let insights arise and know that you have plenty of time to make plans. Brown bear spirit reminds you that sometimes the best and most effective action is non action, allowing the situation around you to reveal itself to you so you can better understand it. Remember that what is yours will never be withheld from you. So you really can relax and wait until the next right action is revealed. Miracles come from out of nowhere and yours will arrive on great spirits timetable great reminders for us with all this Mars energy to take action. So good stuff, right guys? Um, And unbelievably it is after nine o'clock, it is time for me to go. Thank you so much. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Um, If you guys have questions, you know where to find me and maybe it's time to get a transit reading just because the transits are amping up over the next couple of um, weeks and months. So, all right, take care. Happy weekend. Bye for now.